to check the tape. Today's Super Bowl 53 recap episode is brought to you by no one because we don't have any sponsors, but I don't know. I felt like that was an easy way to kind of transition. Yeah, the Patriots, Super Bowl champions. I'm so excited. Uh, it's Wednesday. Or no, what day is it? It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday night, yeah. Kind of mellowed out now. Actually, that's not true. I'm still just as hype as I was uh, on Sunday. Uh, and I'm joined to talk about Super Bowl 53 with Brian Principe for the last time this football season. It's kind of sad. This is the last I know, time. right? It's the culmination of what we began, right? You know, I was thinking about this today. Like when I do your, when I introduce you to the very few listeners. Seven people? I don't know. I think we're at nine now. Oh, wow. Um, when I introduce you, like I was thinking, what if this was like a video and you had like your own uh, Chris Collinsworth-esque entrance? <laughs> yeah, I come like I slide or I hop in. Like, I yeah, 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 in. yeah. You would need yeah. something a little different. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't do the slide. No, maybe you slide. do yours. Maybe you do your slide vertically and not horizontally. Horizontally, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like I come in like from the bottom and then just like pop in, like slide in that way. Yeah, I don't know. That would like be elevator cool. style, maybe. Next season. Next. Yeah, season. next season. Next we were working season. out. The, we were working out the kinks this year. Now we right we start getting fancy next year. So you know, I'm glad you mentioned we were working out the kinks this year because this was the first year we started and. um the Red Sox and Patriots both won championships while we were doing this, you know. So you are going to say that you are the uh, reason why, right? Uh, I'm not going to say that, but I'm not going to not say that. Um, so let's uh, let's get into Super Bowl 53. Patriots won 13-3, my favorite team. I was excited. I was at the game. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, one of my buddies from uh, high school. He's a Rams fan. Um, an actual Rams fan. Yes, yeah, so he, he he liked them uh, since they were in St. Louis, and just he he watched them when he was young when they had Warner and Falk, greatest show on turf. Uh, fell in love with them and just stuck with them the whole time. He went through a lot of bad years. Like we were talking before the game, and he was like, "Most people who are in Rams jerseys, they don't know about the Bradford years. They don't know about the Spagnolo years, and obviously the Jeff Fisher years." It's very interesting too that you say he's a real Rams fan because I, I I mean I am not doubting that he's a real Rams fan. He clearly is because he's gone through all those those very difficult years in St. Louis. But I think a lot of St. Louis Rams fans would not be happy with him sticking with the team. Well, he's not from St. Louis, right? Right. right. So he's a, he's a very different type of Rams fan. Yeah. So let's get into the to the games. The Patriots won thirteen three. I think I said that earlier already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the Patriots' defense is what everyone's talking about. They were the big thing. They ran a lot of zone. Uh, they were able to get pressure on Goff. It kind of reminded me a little of that Bears game in week whatever it was. It was later in the season. It was like November, December. Mm-hmm. And the Bears were just able to get pressure on Goff. And I know the cold weather probably had an impact too. But it just felt like Goff was one of those guys, once he got hit a couple times or when you get in his face, he... Um, I don't know. He, he didn't seem like he could really perform well at that once that happened. Yeah, and and uh, because you were at the game, I don't know. Have you have you rewatched the game at all? Have you? Oh yeah. Up? Oh yeah. So so you so you <laughs> might have you might have heard that you know the Romo and Nance were talking about it a lot. This team, and we've talked about this too, is that their mo is is play action, and right. very rarely did they get into play action, and that was just because they were they were off kilter from the start. The, the game plan that Belichick had was perfect. Two weeks, everyone, it's it's easy to say, and, and, and you know, kind of a cliche at this point, but you give the Patriots two weeks and Belichick two weeks, you're up against it, uh, especially for a young head coach, very young quarterback, unproven quarterback. Uh, the defensive game plan was, was far superior than that of the offensive game plan. Almost didn't appear that they had an offensive game plan for the for the majority of that game. Well, um, back to what you were saying about the play action. The reason it wasn't effective was because they couldn't establish a run. Right. And if you can't establish a run, they're not going to fear the play action. Right. And this goes back to Todd Gurley. Was he? He had to have been hurt. There's no. There's no other explanation for it. Well, here's the thing. I, I, if he is, if he was hurt significantly, wouldn't we have heard about it by now? Yeah, and. They will never admit to it if he was or not. I mean, McVeigh already said that he wasn't. Because if, if they did admit to it, they get in trouble, right, for not listing right. him on an injury report. Right. Um, but he had to have been hurt. Like, the last two weeks, he was horrible. If he w- if he's not hurt, 
if he's not hurt, that's I, I am beginning to question why Sean McVay is not, you know, being questioned more heavily. How yeah, so Belichick, hold on, Belichick gets killed last right. year for benching right. Malcolm Butler, who wasn't even that good. Right. And we're not going to talk about McVay and Gurley. Right. So if he's not hurt, it's almost worse. It's almost worse if he's not hurt because why is he not playing? I understand right. CJ Anderson was good when, when Gurley was hurt and, you know, it was great filling in, but come on now. He wasn't good last night or He's, Sunday night. And he wasn't good. He wasn't good in the championship game either in the NFC championship game. So he's your Gurley is your best offensive player. Hands down. Yeah. How, if he's not hurt, there are far more questions that need to be answered in Los Angeles than if he actually was hurt. I mean, I, this I, was a guy who was getting MVP buzz. Right, right, right. I, I really, I find it very hard to believe that, that they just didn't use him and he wasn't hurt. I really do. He was on the, and he was on the bike a lot during the game, kind of stretching out. So either that was a whole, uh, you know, charade or, or he actually was hurt, which I do think I am under the impression like you that he was something was wrong. Yeah, something had to have been wrong there. But besides him, McVeigh and Goff, they weren't doing themselves any favors either. No, no. And and you mentioned it very early on in this in this podcast. Jared Goff is a completely different quarterback when he is not, you know, calm, cool, collected in the pocket, not being pressured when he right. when he's not being pressured. He makes the throws. He makes the throws he needs to make. He makes the right decisions, and he's a he's a very uh, he's above average quarterback. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, at points, he played like a very good quarterback this year, but that was because of the ability to run the ball, the play action, and they had their game plan. When he is under pressure, he is not good. <laughs> that yeah, is, and he has to work on that over the offseason. That has to change. Has to. And from McVeigh's. Uh, not vantage point, but from the McVeigh side of things, you know, that offense that we talked about being so innovative all year long. I mean, the Patriots defense was a whole reason why it was a big reason why they weren't able to do a lot, but you know, they could have done some more innovative things. I don't know why they didn't run the wheel routes. I guess Anderson couldn't really run them, but not Gurley one wasn't wide, hurt. Why yeah, wouldn't you not, at least try one? Not one wide receiver run. I don't think all game. That was something that was in there in their game plan week in and week out. Robert and this Woods. Was, and this was also something that we noticed during the season, but Cooper Cup being out hurt them. Oh, yeah. Big time. It, it showed again last night. Big I mean, time. he was Goff's. He was Goff's best target in a way. The security Edelman, like In a way, yeah. Edelman is to Brady, you know? Yeah, they need a big third down. Cooper Cup was there. And, and Josh Reynolds is not the same receiver. He's a good receiver and fits into the piece of the puzzle really well as the fourth receiver but being that third receiver, it doesn't fit him as well as it did for Cooper Cup when he was in the slot. It's just a different. That's just a different animal. With that being said, though, I mean, we talk about how bad the Rams were on offense. They are two Brandon Cooks drops away from from really being still in that game and, right. and having a legitimate chance to win that game. Yeah. Two big drops. And then, of course, the second drop leads to the interception, and that basically was the that end was of it. it. Yep. That was it, yeah. So the first one, Goff had that ball in the air forever. It was a late throw. Late, late throw. Late throw, and then the throw just hung in the air like Michael Jordan off the free throw <laughs> yeah. line. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that ball was in the air forever, and McCourty was able to come out of nowhere and break it up. And the second one, Cook seemed like he had a chance to maybe one-hand it. But he didn't. That throw and was Gilmore. good. The second, so the second throw was good by Goff. The first yeah. one, I would the first pass, the drop, the you want to call it a drop or pass breakup. The first one where Cooks was wide open, that's on Goff. The, the throw was late. It wasn't a good throw. The second one was right on the money. I mean that right. that pass was perfect in double coverage. He's got to come up with it. I yeah, mean, Gilmore, to, Gilmore and Harmon there. So. Has to make that. He has to make that catch. Right. That was that was game changing right there, clearly. And that was, you know, Brandon Cooks, he frustrated me last year in the Super Bowl with the Patriots when he was yeah. on the team and he had that one play when he tried to hurdle over whoever mm -hmm. it was, that Eagles defender, and got stopped and then he got the concussion. I mean, 
He, it was not a good Super Bowl for Brandon Cooks back to back years. Even though you know what his stat line was this year, he had a, like he had 120 yards. Yeah, it was the most quiet 120 yards. Ever. Well, that was the thing, and and a, and a lot of praise was going towards towards Stephon Gilmore, and and deservingly so. I mean, you I, you can almost make the argument that he could have won MVP in that game. Um, we'll get but, into that later. Save that. Save that. But but with that being said. That's that's the difference. That's the that's the difference in this game is that yes, he had a hundred yards, but none of them were big yards. It was very similar to Edelman, where Edelman, yes, he had maybe one or two big plays where when they needed it most, but Cooks, all of Cooks's yards were kind of just meaningless, really. I mean, they had no plays in the red zone all game. So what play what play for the Rams really was meaningful in the game? There wasn't really one meaningful play right. other than the big interception, the the interception and the drop by Cooks. Start the, the game. So no, offensively. So offensively for the Rams, the two most important plays oh. of the game were the drop and then the and then the interception that Goff threw. Oh, I thought you were talking about Brady's interception to start the game. Right, was right, right. Play. No, but that obviously, okay. yeah, to start the game, yeah, that was a huge play. But both of these offenses just never, to me, looked like they were. In sync. I mean, Brady had probably about three or four throws that you say, well, okay, wow, that, those are Brady throws, specifically the one to Gronk late in the game that set up the touchdown. But neither of these offenses ever yeah. just got into a rhythm. I mean, you could, very quietly, the Rams' defense was just as good. <laughs> yeah, and that, I wrote about that on the uh, the website the couple days or the day before, maybe the day of. I don't remember when I wrote it. Of the about the Super Bowl, my biggest fear was that the Rams defense, who everybody talked all year about how bad they were, how overrated they were, given all this money and all these players that they brought in, I was scared that because they did have all this talent, Wade Phillips was going to be able to dial something up like he did against the Patriots three years ago in that AFC Championship game against yeah, Denver. That's right. Uh, that that was my biggest fear, and you know, to the Rams' credit, their defense was good. I mean, they got an interception on that first drive. They stopped the Patriots on a fourth and fourth two down. in the second quarter. And then um, they were able to force a bunch of punts. There was also a missed field goal early on. That has nothing to do with the defense, but that was just more of the Patriots early struggles. Yeah. The Patriots offense wasn't really in sync. And if you look at the stats, Goff and Brady stats are almost identical. Yeah. Brady threw for 262 yards and one interception, zero touchdowns. Goff threw for 229 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Pretty close. I think Goff threw the ball a whole lot more than Brady did, though. I think I'm, yeah. I might be wrong, but well, I think, not I, no, not really, not a whole lot more. Goff was 19 for 38. Brady was 21 for 35. Okay, so yeah, pretty similar. Regardless, yeah. regardless, though, these both of both of the defenses played. Very well, and I think what the Rams did, and 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 a lot of the talk is how do you let Edelman beat you? How, he didn't really beat them. He he really didn't beat the Rams. Well, let's get into this part of it now. I don't think he should have won the Super Bowl MVP. You know, I, I, because well, my logic is he had a bunch of yards, right? He had over 140 yards receiving, ten receptions, yeah, 141 yards receiving, and. They were all kind of like, I don't want to say they were garbage time because they weren't, but, you know, every it time was he meaningless got, yards. Yeah, they it, were meaningless it, yards. They didn't result in any touchdowns or any points. I guess one of them, a couple of them resulted in that field downs. goal. Or a couple no, of big field first goal downs. With, uh, the field goal we had in the first half. Right. right, right. And then he had one catch on the drive where the Patriots scored the touchdown. But they were meaningless yards, like you were saying. I thought the MVP, well, the real MVP should go to Belichick, right, for the defensive plan. Yeah, really, or maybe, or maybe he shares it with Brian Flores. But it was really this was Belichick's uh, peak. This he was, was his the star. Best, he was the star of the show. This was his best Super Bowl, and that was the best the defense has ever looked. He's the defensive mastermind. That's how he built his career with the Giants, your New York Giants, mm -hmm. as their defensive coordinator, and. He was able to live up to that legend that he built himself as, as a defensive mastermind. So I thought the MVP should really have gone to him, but obviously you can't do that and you have to give it to a player. I would have given it to a defensive player, though, because why did the Patriots win that game? Their defense, right? 
Yeah, it's just it's so taboo though in today's NFL to give it to a defensive player. Von Miller that, won it three years ago. I know but, that. I know that. And and if there was ever a game that a defensive player should have won MVP, it was this one. I just think that because Edelman was close to breaking a Super Bowl record, and his numbers were what was this record? Uh, it was the receptions record. So I don't know. They kept talking about it, and and I, like like I said, when he was when he was playing, and 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 when it, when he would catch, it just it seemed like oh, just another catch, no big deal. You know, you know what I mean? It was never like oh my, like like the Gronk play was one that right. you know sticks out because it was such a big. I play. think if you were gonna give it to someone on offense for MVP, it would be him. Like I understand Edelman's stats were better, but if you're looking at magnitude and importance to the actual game, it was Gronkowski. Yeah, his that catch was so big. Both I mean, of them, both of them on that drive. Yeah, yeah. The one, the first one, he just beat the guy off, and then uh, he like he. Well, yeah, they thought he was blocking him. Yeah, they and they ran that. That I don't know if this is the same play you're you're, you're talking about, but they ran that. They ran that weird wheel route uh, with with Gronkowski, and it was just like the perfect play call because he had he had like a defensive end on him, and it was just unfair. And and that was like the the peak. That was like peak Gronkowski. Those two plays, yeah. Because because we hadn't seen that all year, and he probably was, I think, a hundred percent the the healthiest he's ever been this year, right. going into this game. Well, and he I, just we, has. I don't think it was a health issue. I think just the injuries in general have all kind of just had their wear and tear on fresh, him. I guess the freshest he's been. Right, and he's kind yeah. of. And now I think he's going to come back, maybe. I mean, you look at this game, and he's kind of reinvented himself as this blocker who every once in a while you can go to for the big play. I mean, he's not going to be the force that he was before, the dominant tight end, can just go up and get it all the time. He's not that player anymore, but he's still really good. I mean, we saw it against Kansas City. We saw it you know, a couple nights ago uh, uh, against the Rams. He is a problem still. I yeah. mean, you, you put him, you put him one on one outside, and we, they didn't do that a lot. Honestly, no. they really didn't do that a lot against the Rams. But they used the, him as a blocker again. When, you, the most when you get a matchup mismatch against him, and almost every matchup is a mismatch against him, and you need that big third down, you need the big play to get you in the red zone. He's going to be the guy. I mean, like you said, he can have. He still has. You see it. It's clear he can still do it. It's just he can't do it at the volume that he's he's done once before. But this is the thing about don't the underrate it. Don't underrate his blocking, though. Come on. Yeah, no. It, I mean, every tight end has to block, and he and he has learned that that's that's his role now, and it's a big it's a big role. And I believe um, he has one more year left on his contract, so it makes sense for him to come back. And... Right. Yeah. Right. I just the whole Edelman argument is that the numbers are big. I mean, ten. 10 for 141. So are you with me that he shouldn't have won it? I I don't know if I would give it to Gronkowski only because his number, I I have a problem giving it to a guy whose numbers, I mean, his numbers were pedestrian. I think he had six catches in what, like 60 something yards, 70 yards. If Gronk on that second catch, the one that was on the two yard line, if he scores, if he scores, does he get it? He's the MVP. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I, I, if I'm going to give it to anyone else, I'd probably give it to Gilmore because Gilmore had the interception. He had the forced fumble that, that people forget about as well that wasn't recovered. That, but yeah, it moved them punched, back. But it moved he, them back a couple yards. Yeah, right. Yeah, he punched out that one on on Anderson, and I think he had about five or six deflections on Cooks because Cooks is Cooks had a, like we talked about. He had a good game, but it, it was not anything meaningful, and that was like because of the way, that was like because of the way that 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 Gilmore was playing. He wasn't going to give up the big play. He wasn't. I would have gone with Hightower. He was just everywhere. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to – that's the thing, though, if you if you go to and give it to a guy on defense is that you could probably point to about four, four or five guys that you can make a right. case for. You really can't make a case for anyone other than Gronkowski or, or Edelman on offense. And if you're going to say, well, we're going to give it to a guy on offense, then it has to be one of those two guys. You can't yeah. give it to Brady. You can't give – Brady – his numbers aren't good enough. No, no touchdowns. No, 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 no. So on defense, I mean, Van Noy was good. That's the other Harman, guy I would mention. Yeah, Harmon came in for the injured Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung gets hurt early in the second half, and I'm like, oh, great, the defense. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be a problem. I really did. McCordy making that one big breakup mm-hmm. on um, what's his name on Cooks. Yep. 
I mean, everybody on the defense was just in sync and playing well. So it's funny. When I was watching this game, all I could think about was you and I were talking. It was early in the year, and you and you were just so the you were concerned about the Patriots' defense. You were genuinely concerned. Oh, what when was this? You were. You were. It was. I don't it was. This. It was early in the year, and you just said that they they looked. They never. They never looked like a unit. You just. Oh, uh, I said they were slow. I think that's what I said. And. Is how funny is it that they they win the game because of the defense? Well, the funniest it's even funnier when you think of last year in the Super Bowl. The offense is unstoppable, right? right? And they're just scoring on the Eagles whenever Brady has over five hundred yards. And if it wasn't for that last fumble he had to They'd lose the, win. to end the game, they probably would have won. And Brady, that's maybe the greatest performance ever in the Super Bowl by a quarterback. Even better than the performance he had the year before that against Atlanta. And the defense really hurt them. They could never get pressure on Foles. He was picking apart the secondary. This year was the complete opposite. The offense was the one that was struggling, and the defense was really carrying them. Yeah. So, Well, not that Bill Belichick needs any more motivation, but that had to have been motivation for him to, to put together the best uh, defensive game plan he could have imagined against against the Rams because – that he, the way that they lost last year because of the defense probably drove him crazy for the entire offseason. Well, they and, lost Patricia, and, and they, yeah, they lose and, and they get rid of Patricia, and not get rid of him, but they lose him. Right, new defensive coordinator, and, and at times it was rocky, and then he was not the defensive coordinator. Brian Flores was never his official title. What was it? It was like defensive play caller. <sighs> That's a that's a Belichick uh, inferiority complex right there. He was the de facto defensive coordinator. Now he's on to Miami, so you know he's probably not going to do well there. I mean, it's Miami, and you know who's underrated on the Patriots though that never gets his just due or does, but depends on who's talking about him. Is Dante Scarnecchia the offensive line coach? Mm. I think the Rams only had one sack on Brady the entire game, and it was early on. And if you watch the Patriots throughout the years. The formula for beating them is kind of what your Giants did in the two Super Bowls when they're just able to get get to Brady, get pressure. Justin Tuck did it. Michael Strahan, Jason Pierre, guys. Um, Yeah, you have to have those guys who can just get to the quarterback, to to Tom Brady. And early on, it looked like that was going to be the case because Sue and Donald were both getting in early on those running plays. And I said, oh, that's a problem because... Sue was getting in way too quick. And I see, I think that they were kind of focusing in on Donald a lot to start the game. And that's why Sue was able to kind of get some free range early, but Donald was at nowhere. I mean, non-existent in the game. And there you go. Again, have the ability to take away the best players in the game is just so, so, uh, so Patriots. It hurts. And yeah. um, So Skarnekia, he has a lot to do with that offensive line. Like he's a great, coach maybe the best position coach ever ever wow like at that position yeah so that was great this was also the largest margin of victory for the patriots in a super bowl (laughs) how about that 10 points how about that i mean that's kind of funny um okay so be honest be honest with me be honest with me well i wanted to say one more thing i wanted to okay 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 a couple more points um it was a home game. Let's That's not forget about did, that part. I did hear that. I yeah. mean, I was there. I want to say 75% was Patriots, maybe more. Would you not expect even... anything less? I mean, honestly. Well, the Rams, well, yeah. I mean, the Patriots, this was their fourth one in five years. You... Yeah, but there's, there's no such thing as an actual Rams fan other besides than your one, friend. Besides the one sitting next to me. <laughs> other than your friend. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there weren't many. That's... That's all I, bet I, you, I, I can almost I, I would venture to believe that there were more uh, non Rams or Patriot fans there. Oh, that's interesting. Than Rams fans. That's interesting. Like, there are people, yeah, there's people like that. Yeah, where, like wear like uh, you know Titans jersey or something like that. Like if you counted up the amount of people that were not in Rams or Patriots jerseys, I bet you that there were more of those people than Rams fans. Here's the other thing I want to say. All these people who complain about the Patriots for whatever, their weak division, and they don't play in a tough conference, blah, 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 blah. These are the teams we beat on the way to winning the Super Bowl. Chargers, who are 12-4. and 
The Chiefs 12 and 4 with Pat Mahomes, the guy who throws over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. MVP. MVP of the league. And the LA Rams, who had uh, another one of the top two second, or three offenses. Second highest scoring. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the great coach, Sean McVay, who everyone's trying to get their own version of, their knockoff, Sean McVay's. You, everyone needs that 30, mid 30 year old court or coach with the nicely trimmed beard and. We beat all those teams, so I don't understand how how the AFC East makes this a thing. I don't know. I, I hate when people use that argument. It's so dumb. Yeah, you think the game would have been different? How would the game have been different if they had played the Saints? I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about that a little bit. I think, I don't want to say that. You know, oh, Breeze wouldn't have been held like that, like they did Goff, because Breeze wasn't that good in the Rams game. You know, he struggled for for the back end of the season. He really did. Yeah. I, I I just I don't see that that the way that the Patriots defense was was playing and and just how that game was going, if it's anywhere close to that, I just don't see that game turning out any differently. I really don't. I, Brady is always going to have the bigger play. At the end of those games, unless he's playing Eli Manning, uh, and and he's going to okay. and he's go, and he's going to uh, and he's going Eli to Manning's Eli Manning's legacy was ruined when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl last year. It wasn't though. It was. It was. So, anyways, we're not talking about uh, guys who are going to be out the league in a couple of weeks. We're talking about the Super Bowl champions. So <laughs> the Patriots, you know, the whole game, no team, the offense can't really do anything, and then finally. Brady makes the big drive to put him away, and that's the difference. You know who sucked that game? Chris Hogan and James White. Well, the thing with the th- here's Chris Hogan did it was bad. He's he was bad. He was bad. He had any. The thing is too, he had a good championship game against Kansas City too. Eh, it, it's all right. Made a bit make that big catch on third down. That was a big catch right. that he had. White. The was thing with bad James- in the second half of the Chiefs game. I, mean, I don't even think he played much. I think he might be hurt or something. That kind of that that style of game though does not suit James White. It really doesn't. That's that's they're they're content to run the ball, and they were. They had Woodhead. They had a uh, they had Burkhead in Danny Woodhead. Oh my God, they had Rex Burkhead Woodhead. in. Uh, they had Rex Burkhead in. They were content to run the ball. They had Michelle in. They, they were not. They were not looking to pass the ball out of the backfield, and that's just not White's not going to run the ball, right? Um, so it was Michelle that wasn't was his game. Michelle was good, you know. I talked a lot of crap about Michelle, and I didn't really like him much. And you did. My logic was just he's not a transcendent running back, and you're using the first overall pick on him. Now I don't know if that's going to hold true because you know Philip Lindsay had a better season than him, regular season at least, and he was undrafted. So that was my logic. But Michelle was great. He was great. I wouldn't say great. He was well, good. I, I would good. say he was he was borderline he was good in the playoffs, man. I mean, really he, he he showed up when he needed it. I think he had what five touchdowns, five touchdowns six. all. I think it was six. six, six. I mean, that's that's good. That's really really good for a rookie. Uh, and in in very important and and crunch time and uh, and all those situations, he was good. He was really good. Yeah, and they yeah. needed it. They absolutely needed it. He was good, and they were able to put him away at the end by just running the ball and getting into field goal range. And yeah, it was a uh, was good good showing by Michelle. So, so uh, let me ask you this: How was yeah. Romo? How was Romo? Uh, you know what? He, Romo was Romo's best performance yeah. was was a week or I guess two weeks too early. He was so good in that Patriots Chiefs game. That wow, what was different. This one, he it it just was. I don't know if it was the game, you know, if if it just was like it was just the game was I mean the game was boring to be completely honest yeah. with you. And I think and I think a lot of people will say that. And for for you it's different you were there and and you had a rooting interest, but for for the casual fan that was just watching and no rooting interest, it was a boring game. Did you and, see Trey Wingo blow up on Yeah. Just, just turn boring. it off. Just turn it off. Just so mad. It was it was a, I mean just because we say it's a boring game doesn't you know, oh, like millennials think it's a boring game it, because it was I know. Three, three, three going into the fourth quarter is not exciting. I mean, he honestly. was so mad. 
but I, I just think that because of the way the, the game had played out and you know, there was not really a big play at all in the, in the first half. It really, there wasn't a big play through the well, first pick, three quarters. This was the first big play. The, the one pick, that Brady yes. threw the yeah, opening yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. The, the pick. But other than the, the interception, really, and the missed field goal, what quote-unquote exciting happened throughout the first three quarters? Not not much. So I'm getting kind of, a bunch of meaningless yards that allowed him to win MVP. I guess yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and because of that, the, the the broadcast was just it just was a little disjointed it felt at times and yeah. I don't know I don't know how much you saw at the end uh, when you I'm guessing you rewatched the end of it when they when they celebrated they yeah. really messed up that whole end of the end of the uh, game because they had um, you had what's her face Tracy uh, Tracy, Wolfson? Tracy Wolfson just standing in the middle getting mobbed by everyone as Brady is trying to like celebrate. And we we missed the Gatorade bath on Belichick. No one for the longest time. All I was seeing on Twitter was what color was the Gatorade because people <laughs> were trying to cash in on some prop bet. But no one could figure it out because they missed the Gatorade bath. They were like trying to get Brady as he's hugging everyone with Edelman in the middle of the field. There's a million reporters. Brady is telling them to back off. Like it was. Yeah, I saw that. that was just saw that. ridiculous. Ridiculous. And and Tracy Wolfson is just standing there trying to get him for like we're standing there for like five minutes watching this all unfold. But Romo Romo was good. He had his little moments where he he, you know, he he chimed in with some, you know, banter. And I always like that with 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 Romo. He's he's got a little com- like comedian to his to his side. And his best his best line was before the game even started. Nance had welcomed him to Super Bowl 53. And and he goes, Jim, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to hear my name and welcome to a Super Bowl all my life. <laughs> Just not but, in this way, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he, like I said, his his best performance was two weeks too early, and and I think a lot of that it's not on him. It's just the game just wasn't the same kind of game. It wasn't it wasn't an exciting game. It wasn't a good game. So what about the halftime show? Any thoughts there? Uh, well, I- I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there's just not a halftime show that's going to please everybody, right? Can we agree though. to that? There, Who? There, Bruno, like Bruno Mars. I, you I know what please everyone? I would think it would please the majority. It would please me, but we already had Bruno Mars. No, but you're saying that – so are you saying that from, from this point on there is not a halftime show that would please everyone? Well, or who, that would have been, ever... who would have been your choice? Who would have been your choice? Oh, man, I don't <laughs> – that's the thing. I mean – I would I would have liked to see someone from Atlanta. I know that that whole situation was very you know touchy feely because of how a lot of Atlanta rappers and Atlanta performers were feeling about the Kaepernick situation, and that's a whole another can of worms that we can get into, you know, an entire podcast with. But Big Boy is cool for Atlanta, but I would have liked to see like like Migos. I think would be awesome. That would be a great. People in Atlanta would love that. They would be able to kind of command a stage a little bit. You know, who knows? Maybe you even get Drake to come on for a song, like surprise. Oh, now like, you're talking. Right. That's what I'm saying. Maroon mm. 5 is is a small, like, Maroon 5 at Madison Square Garden wouldn't be exciting. All right. We've already spent too much time on this. Um, the only thing you need to know about Maroon 5 is that there's seven people in that group. Yeah. Can you, can, <laughs> I will give you, I will give you everything I own. I, I couldn't if name you two. Can name, if you can name another member of Maroon I 5. I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, all right, let's talk about the future for the Rams. Yeah. So we've talked about this a lot on this podcast on what the best asset is in football, having the good, competent franchise quarterback on that rookie deal, which the Rams have in Jared Goff. And when you have that, it allows you to spend your money elsewhere and not have to be tied down, I guess, bogged down. So the Rams kind of have one more year. Like they kind of went in all year with Talib and Peters and Sue Cooks, all these big offseason acquisitions they did. And their goal was to win the Super Bowl this year. They didn't get there, but they got I mean, they didn't get to their goal. They got to the Super Bowl, but they came short. So they'll still have another chance next year because Goff, they won't have to pay him until the next offseason. But I think next year is pretty much like their last real chance. Yeah, we see these teams in the NFL. They don't have long windows, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And and they're going to have some guys that are going to be free agents as well. Um, a couple of bigger 
unrestricted free agents. Obviously, Sue was the the one year deal, so we'll have to see what what happens with that. Marcus Joyner as well, and then they picked up Dante Fowler Jr., who had a bit of an impact in the game, and he's going to be a um, a unrestricted free agent. And I don't know if you know this, but this could be big for our boy Malcolm Brown. Oh, he is also back? he is also a free agent. Oh, so we might have the situation where we have to see if. Troy Aikman was the ultimate prognosticator, <laughs> and if he starts for another team. But like you said, I mean, clearly the 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 teams that have been most successful outside of the Patriots have been the ones with with the cheaper the the quarterbacks on the cheaper side of the spectrum. And um, and and like you said, that that window is starting to to shrink a little bit. The Rams, to me, are a team that's in a bit of an identity crisis, though, as well, because. You know, they're, they're this offensive team, number two scoring offense in the league. They have this offensive-minded coach. And then they pump in all of this money into their defense. And to me, in a sense, it's like they're trying to replicate what what the Legion of Boom uh, Seahawks were able to do when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're, where you're going with that. Because they're, that those teams... Can you can you name the offensive weapons on those teams that won on the Seattle teams? Right, right. Yeah, they had Doug Baldwin, Percy Harvin, Jermaine Curse, Golden Tate. Yeah. So those, so so those that to me is a very similar, Marshawn Lynch. They, not one big receiver on that on that team. Kind of all these speed oh, guys. Oh, you're saying they're similar in I terms of I think they're of, very okay. yeah. Okay. They're, they're similar similar eh, towards like the Brandon kind Cooks of, to the Robert Woods to a Cooper Cup. And a and a and a uh, and a Reynolds, where Reynolds is really your bigger receiver, but kind of, kind of. But it's similar dynamic to me, and and I just don't think that they're hitting the mark. And of course, you know, they won, they won, they were the number two seed in the NFC. They they go all the way to the Super Bowl, so I mean, they were clearly doing something right. But I just think that they're kind of in, especially now with all these these couple of guys on defense that are going to be uh, free agents. They got to figure out what where they want to spend the rest of their money because yeah, this is really going to be their last year to kind of go all in with golf yeah. before you have to pay golf. So yeah. let's uh, yeah, let's let's leave it there because we just don't know what's going to happen. I don't think that much to talk I, I mean, about. I don't think that they should be a clear cut favorite in the NFC though. I really don't. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to talk about the Patriots and like more big picture legacy stuff, which is probably the part you hated the most. Um, that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and you can give answers. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to obviously chime in. Edelman hall of famer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was not expecting a yes. He did. I think he is. Yeah. So people were saying he's never even made a pro bowl. (laughs) He's, a lot of things change when you win Super Bowl MVP, whether it's deserved or not. Um, he's he's also second in receiving yards in uh, play yeah. behind yes, Rice, behind Jerry Rice. So they, there you go. I mean that that tells you enough. Listen, the thing, the thing, and I've and I, a couple of people have said this to me too. Right, we're supposed to go quick. You can't you can't real quick, on this. real quick, real quick, real real quick. He to me he's a Hall of Famer, but. The argument that some people have is, oh, you know, the the he he got caught with the PEDs. It's the, it's not like it's not like baseball where you know, oh, he got caught with PEDs. He's never making the Hall of Fame. It's different to me, and I think he will make the Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay. Baseball should probably like. I mean, their, they probably change their should. stuff too, but yeah, they probably. That's should. a whole different story, and let's not get into that. Um. So Brady Belichick, people. Like to say, oh, this Tom Brady is now the greatest quarterback ever. Can we stop at that? He was the greatest when they beat Atlanta. That's where that was. Everybody decided that. I don't know when this retroactively changed. And then people were saying, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is more talented. Um, let's stop. Tom Brady was already the greatest quarterback ever. Somebody asked me in the article I wrote uh, for the Super Bowl, who because uh, it was a Q&A column. Somebody asked, what will this mean for Tom Brady's legacy if they win or and Bill Belichick's legacy? Nothing. They're already the best quarterback, best coach ever. Just adds on to it. Makes him even greater. Makes him even more uh, legendary. Right? Would you agree so, with that? I mean, yeah. I, when it, every, I feel like every one of these, these Super Bowls, it's just like a, you know, cherry on top and now no, it's added- not this one is they were already there at the Atlanta. the Atlanta one is what made them the best ever both of them 
Right. So, so all these, so the, including if they had won the Philadelphia one, that would have been a cherry on top. Right. If they lost, still the best ever. If they won, even better than it they It doesn't were. matter. Yeah. It, nothing, it, nothing can change at this point. <laughs> right. And, you know, Brady now has the most Super Bowls than any player ever, not just quarterback, but player. How about he has more Super Bowls than every other team except for in franchise, every other franchise except for the one he plays for and uh, Pittsburgh? The Steelers, yeah, which he ties with. I mean, not much else to say about his greatness. And this is going to leave me, this is perfect uh, for my next question. And I know you're going to disagree with this one. Oh. Tom Brady is the most accomplished athlete we've seen in our lifetimes. So when I say our lifetimes, a little bit of perspective for people listening. I mean, you were both under 25, okay? Right. We, seen, we never saw Peak Jordan, never saw Ali. Tom Brady is the greatest athlete we've seen in our lifetimes, and people need to stop fighting it and just accept it and enjoy the greatness. Mm. And after I said that, everybody just turned this podcast off. Athlete, athlete, you're really, no, you're not you're really stretching. What I'm saying. You're really stretching. Athlete, athlete does not mean he's the fastest runner or the can jump the highest. No, he's the most accomplished athlete. Accomplished. I mean, clearly, he's won more more titles than any other athlete in our lifetime. The like only that. one you can make an argument with, and I would argue in Brady's favor, is Tiger. Tiger's the only one I think you could bring up an argument for. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a very that's a very uh, fair. For me, Tiger is. He's still not the best. He's still not the best. He doesn't have all the majors. I mean, maybe he is the best golfer, but he doesn't have all the hardware yet. Brady has all the hardware. You know. So what? So you can make. uh, And I'll I'll turn this. You you like tennis? What about Serena? I would put Serena up there too. Because I I don't think you could pull from one of the three in 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 uh, in. in tennis on the on the male side because they've all just been kind of winning, you know, kind of consecutively with each other when you have right, Djokovic. The thing about Serena is she, people make the argument, oh, well, she never had anybody to go up against. It's not true. She was just so much better than them. Yeah, they no, looked she's like next that. level. <laughs> like, yeah. like Sharapova was the closest thing she had to a rival, yeah. and she was so much better than her. The Sharapova thing was like maybe a year long, two years, and then it was like, oh, well, forget about Sheriff and then she had the suspension, right? Yep, yep. But I, th- I think those are the three. There's an argument. I don't put Phelps in the argument because his sport, he he only performed on the highest years. every four years, so it's kind of hard to say. I I, res- I, I think Olympians that, Olympians are in a different. Yeah, yeah I value if you're doing it year in year out, blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you agree or no? You never answered the question. If you're ba- if you're going based on accomplished, it's yes, clearly he oh, is. So you're not going to go with Tiger or Serena? No, I won't. the The other thing with them is like you know they have control over everything, right? And their sport, yeah, individual sport versus team sport becomes a thing there too as well. Right. I think Brady's transcended. I mean, to do it, he won. I mean, they. I mean, Serena and Tiger, they've both kind of had success in their late ages i don't want to say tiger's gotten good recently so let's not go all the way with him yet but the argument would be far more interesting if tiger didn't have his whole fallout in football to be able to do that at this age is insane yeah i mean i i mean i i'll agree with that uh-huh talking about this you hate it I can tell. No, because I I have reservations about it, but I because I, you don't the question. You think we're talking about greatest athlete? No, no, we're no, no, about- no, 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 no. I I don't. I I I'm past that because I, you you're right. Accomplished is the is the is the key word, and clearly accomplished he is because of the titles. However, you're you're saying your argument is, you just said is that he's doing this at 41 years old. It's incredible. It's not like he played at some Herculean. You know, he 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 had some Herculean effort, and he played at this ridiculous level. He really didn't play very well. 
What, in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl. Okay, really so we're just going to forget about the AFC Championship two weeks before? He made the drive that mattered, and that's all that you need to yeah, know. One drive. I mean, seriously. He I, did I'm what not... he needed to to win. Yeah. He did what he needed to to win. So um, I'm so sick of this. It's so, ugh. All right. One more thing, and then I want to kind of talk early next season stuff. Okay. Way too early next season. Um, and we mentioned Serena and Tiger, golf and tennis. So this is a good little tie-in, the one I'm about to say. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Boston Grand Slam is in play. <laughs> we got the World Series. I can tell you who's not winning. I can tell you who's not winning. Who's not winning? Your Celtics. They're a mess. That's, what do you mean they're a mess? They've won uh, like nine out of their last ten or something they, like they're, that. They're, they're not winning. They yeah, won nine just... out of their last ten or something like that, and they're playing Cleveland tonight. They're not going to lose that one. They lose that one, and someone's listening to this. I'm going to feel like a dumbass. <laughs> Kyrie's leaving. Kyrie's not leaving. Where's he going to go to you... the Knicks? Play for James Dolan? <laughs> Maybe. Nobody wants to play for James Dolan. You know that. What's that? You know that. Nobody wants to play for James Dolan. No, no one does. So the Boston Grand Slam is in play. Well, I just want to leave you with that. Just want to let, put that in your head. I know it is. Early next season stuff. Who, who do we like? Who do we dislike? Are you going to just say Kansas City like everybody else? See, I don't know if I like Kansas City as a whole. I just I, I know that Mahomes is the real deal. The team I, to look out for for me is the Colts because they have all these draft picks from that trade they made with the Jets and they have cap space. Well, that's the thing is that the Colts are a hot pick, too, because I think a lot of people are very much thinking that they will land Le'Veon Bell. And that if he is half the player that he was, what's that about him? I forgot he played football. Right, exactly. And if he's half the player that he was in um, in Pittsburgh for the Colts, that is a completely different team. Uh, Marlon Mack's a good back, but he's not the the same kind of running back that. uh that uh, that Le'Veon Bell is. The other team I, I would like to see kind of at their full health is San Francisco. They, they were a team that a lot, of, a lot of people were pointing to to maybe make a run to the playoffs this year, and that all changed once Garoppolo went down. And they, and oh, they I'm also, glad you mentioned Garoppolo. They also lost Jarek McKinnon, who they signed in training camp. So they were down from the, the start. Yeah, who cares about the Niners? Uh, how about all the people who said Garoppolo, the Patriots made a mistake trading him. You, you have Tom he'd Brady, 40. He'd win a Super Bowl before Tom Brady won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you traded, if you kept Garoppolo, you'd be paying $20 million to a backup. You couldn't do that. That was the point I made at the time. Brady said he was going to play four, five, whatever many more years. You couldn't hang on to Garoppolo. And people just didn't get yeah. that. They're like, nope, you, you can't do that. The, the, re, the only reason they held on to him as long as they did it was just insurance for Brady to see if he was still able to play, no injuries, and they got rid of him as late as possible. So the other team... Real I don't quick, mean who cares about the Niners. They'll no, no, maybe no, no, get no. Antonio Brown. Who knows? The team, the team that... You're, to, back to your question, so we kind of skirted around it, but my answer to that, to that question is who mm-hmm. am I looking at outside looking in or a team that's kind of off the radar? Cleveland Browns. I mean, okay. everything that they did once Mayfield became the quarterback, they were they were a legitimate team. They were a legitimate contending team week in and week out. Yeah, played close games. They were in all those games, won a lot of them too. They're gonna be. They, they are a. They're a team that can win that division based on what is going on in in, in Pittsburgh. You know, it's a mess in in Cincinnati. Who knows what's going to happen in year two, potentially with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. The, the <laughs> You could make the argument that the best quarterback plays in that division plays for the Browns. I think I'd, I think I'd agree with that. So that, this that, is ways away. Way too early. I, I, I yeah. am very excited to see what, what they can do. I mean, I, I think that the excitement was there this year, but it was unwarranted. Now that he's played... You kind of, you know, there's a they there's an understanding there that he he can be the real deal. Now it's now it's go time. This this year coming up would be the year that I would look to see if they can make that jump to the playoffs. 
Any final thoughts before we uh, cap off on the season? What was your Super Bowl experience like outside of the game, them winning? Yeah, so, you know, we went there. The seats were decent. We could see pretty much everything. Um, It was just, it was weird because, you know, the Super Bowl is not really like a football game. It's more of a commercialized event. You know, the breaks are much longer. The halftime's obviously longer. So it doesn't feel like a real football game, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So that was, um, and you know this from when you watch it on TV, obviously they have to do all the commercials and everything. It it, it felt a little weird, but uh, it was great. It was great to be there. Great for the experience, being able to see the Patriots win in person. Um, Yeah. I mean, everyone was talking about how much they loved that stadium. That was the big it's, it's a nice stadium. It's a real nice stadium. I don't know if the city actually needed to get one because the old one was perfectly fine. Yeah. Don't know why they had to make taxpayers pay for a new one, but <laughs> Well listen, there's like there's like probably one or two people on this planet that I'm happy for that they the Patriots won and, and, and one of them is you, but like for like ten seconds and then I'll be pissed off. All right. Well you can uh you know, you should be happy because here's the thing. This is a point you make a lot actually. With the Mets, you hate when teams that haven't won World Series titles or anything win. Yeah. Because you're like, I want the Mets to win. They don't deserve one. So when the Patriots win, you're just like, okay, well, they've already won. That's so true. That's- and I, I find myself feeling that way a lot of the times. It's just not with the Patriots. I don't know why. I just don't yeah. know why. Well, and and, if, and everyone says, like, well, the Giants beat them. Like, why would you just cheer for the Patriots? And I was like, but I don't care that the Giants beat them. Like, I could care less. But, yeah, and I, I do say that a lot. You're right. At the end of the day, if you root against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots, you hate greatness. That's all it comes down to at the end of the day. Wow. You hate greatness. That's... You hate you hold on. You hate greatness. You hate resilience. You hate six round quarterbacks who become the greatest ever. You hate former college QBs who turn into Super Bowl MVP wide receivers. You hate tight ends who battle through injury and persevere. Defenses who are a bunch of guys who win off of scheme, not their individual talent, just a scrappy group of underdogs that were able to put together a miraculous Super Bowl run. You're nauseating. All right, I got you. See how I saved that for the end, right? You're nauseating. I would have probably not. I would have hung up on you during this podcast if you did, if you came out with that early. Yeah. So on that note, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast during the football season. If you were listening. Uh, Brian will not be appearing for a while. Maybe he'll come back for the draft or free agency, yeah. something like that. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a Masters or something like that. We we do like to get oh, into the Masters. Remember I that? would love to do the Masters. We could we could kind of like BS our way through like a Masters podcast. We could try that. But yeah, I'll be doing NBA till the end of NBA free agency with Justin Moskal. If you heard the last podcast, we did uh, Anthony Davis declared a trade and did some All Star reserves. I think next Monday or maybe earlier than that, we'll be doing NBA trade deadline reactions. Seeing if Anthony Davis gets traded, uh, Marcus Saul's rumored to get traded right now, actually to Charlotte. So, how about let's oh, see real what quick, happens. How about what happened today to John Wall? Crazy. Oh yeah, Torres Achilles at home, falling like falling down the stairs. Yeah. Rough. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, go Patriots! Super Bowl champions once again, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.